Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast about fashion, identity, and how queer leaders are disrupting the fashion industry today. I'm your host, Rocio Sanchez. Feel free to use any pronouns for me. I'm a digital marketer with a specialization in queer business and fashion. And one of my areas of interest is social media and content creation. But surprise, surprise, it's not one of my favorite things to actually do. Because social media is such a fast-paced world and notorious for burning out its creators. And for queer and femme folks, social media can add an extra layer of vulnerability. But the thing about social media and what makes it so compelling is that certain aspects can genuinely be fun and creative, particularly when it comes to the fashion side of things. Today, we have Abby Luke, model and TikTok influencer, who uses her platform to simply have fun with fashion, establishing her personal brand online while also staying true to Abby. So welcome, Abby, and thank you for joining. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, how are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? I know you've been running around. <laughs> yes, yes, it's been a busy day, but I'm, I'm really happy to be capping my evening because I'm here in Amsterdam. You're in New York. So it's really nice to talk to people from all over for this podcast and particularly talking to you. It's really interesting to know that you have this career of being a model and a TikTok influencer and clearly fashion plays a role in your content. It's very, very clear. You just start to scroll on your TikTok content. And immediately, it's very much you just expressing yourself with fashion. It's not this thing where you use words for it. It's a visual thing. I really like that about your content. But before all of that, and even during all of this, you were just you. But I'd love to learn about just you in particular. And how did you develop your style? It's something that I've never had to like put into words before. So I'll try to be finding the words for it as I'm explaining it to you. But just for some background, I came out as bisexual at 22, and that was in the year 2020. So before all of that, I feel like I wasn't dressing for myself necessarily because I was finding myself. I was in my early, late teens, and I lived in a very Southern slash conservative environment. And so I would adapt to the environments that I was in. So I had very long hair. I I wore a bunch of makeup all the time before I even went to like the grocery store. I would go out in heels and going into my 20s after I moved to New York and like kind of learn more about myself and about different individuals and how people express themselves not through their work or their art. They do it through what they wear, how they just go out to the grocery store. And I learned that that wasn't really me necessarily. I love to play with femininity, dressing up, wearing heels, being sexy and fashionable. But I also learned to balance that with masculinity and finding my sweet spot in between those things and feeling more comfortable going out just me and feeling way more comfortable in my own skin. So I feel like personally in my coming out journey, that's kind of where that led me. And then I also got on TikTok around the same time as my coming out story. And so I was scrolling through my feed and just watching people posting these queer thirst traps that I do a lot of thirst traps now. So that's where that came from. But I was just like, oh my gosh, you can just exist in your own skin and you can be hot and you can be confident and it doesn't matter what you're wearing or what you look like. It's just because you're so confident and watching these individuals express themselves that way. It like really 
pushed me to do the same. And I fell into that little <laughs> thirst trap wormhole combined with my dance background and light video editing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We love to see it. I mean, it's one of those <laughs> things you. where it's like somebody's feeling themselves and you're like, yes. And yeah, why not? I also could very much heavily relate to the whole performing femininity thing. I also yes. was very much in that camp as well. So definitely it's worth acknowledging that, yeah, that definitely affects how you develop your own style. You're also literally a teenager, literally a kid, just kind of absorbing what you can. And then eventually you come into your own and then you get on TikTok, right? And you're yeah. still going through your own personal thing. And then you see other people, you're getting influenced by it. Yeah, 100%. That leads me to my next thing, which is just TikTok and you expressing your style. Can you speak more to the relationship between how you've developed your style and your relationship to like TikTok and your community specifically? My style, <laughs> it's very sexy. TikTok both loves and hates that. So that's been its own journey in its own way. But I learned the fun thing about clothes is that there's not a specific like shirt doesn't have to be used as a shirt. You can wear it as a skirt. You can wear it as a scarf. You can play with it in any way you possibly want. So creating these videos allowed me to just play. And a lot of my outfits in the videos themselves are not practical outfits that I can like wear out because they're like tied in the back or pinned in the back. Like you can't see what's actually going on, but it allowed me to literally just put stuff on my body and create and joke around and be silly and fun. And I feel like a lot of people in the comments have really resonated with that and clocked like oh well of course it's were a huge thing i think 2021 like, they were like a huge thing and so all my content was like corsets and i think people seeing everybody just wear corsets as a shirt it's no longer lingerie it is now like oh it's sexy it's hot but it's also it's just clothes yeah and so i love to play a lot with lingerie as <laughs> clothes and again tiktok sometimes doesn't like that very much but yeah. i love it and i actually wear outfits like that out if ever i go to like a bar or like to a show or something like i wear lingerie as clothes and i think it's really fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i definitely see that and i love you hinting at because tiktok's what it does is it's very trend setting or rather there's yeah. just trends all the time every day there's a new trend and so what you're doing is very much taking the trend and putting your spin on it right and people resonating with that i think i've already used this word earlier which is you're a tiktok influencer right and you said before to me outside of this like yeah i'll say it. it's influencer it's, it gets a bad rap the title but there's a reason why people get connected to it. So why do you think people connect to your fun content? I think it has a lot to do with what influenced me before I started creating content. Like I said before, just watching individuals just feel so empowered by existing and by themselves. I see it in my comments all the time being like, you helped me like discover my sexuality or you helped me realize that like this is the way I want to dress or like this is the way I want to express myself or I wish I could do this and then I comment back I'm like you can like it's the most wild thing to see people being inspired to just be themselves because that's what happened to me and that happens through the queer community as a whole obviously as a community there's ups and there's downs when it comes to labels and all of that intricate stuff but I think 
the queer community on TikTok, specifically the women loving women community, because that's kind of the section I'm on. Watching each other learn about themselves just by watching other people's content is a really beautiful thing. So I think just being confident really helps other people do the same. Yeah, I definitely can see that. I would also love to talk a little bit more about your modeling, right? So that's something that you do as well. And I know that it kind of like tag teamed it with TikTok as well. Where does modeling fit into that? I feel like I wouldn't be where I was with modeling. This is a bold statement. I feel like I wouldn't be where I was with modeling if I didn't start creating content on TikTok because I started modeling before TikTok was even a thing that people downloaded. And that was when I was dressing for a gaze that was not my own. And once I got on TikTok and specifically after I posted this femme to mask transition video where I was just messing around, I'm like, I'm not masculine. Like I'm not masculine. And then I play with this video and I'm like, oh, maybe I can be. And then my good photographer friend, Josh was like, we're going to get together. We're going to do a masculine photo shoot because you rocked that. And we're going to play around with that. And I think now because I started making those TikTok videos where I played around with masculinity, I combine the two in a beautiful way. And I don't think I would be as comfortable modeling if I had never done that because I would still be posing and dressing myself for other people and not for myself. So I think TikTok played a huge role in that, as weird as that is to say. It's interesting to see how it affects how you perceive yourself, how you perceive other people perceiving you. It's like this whole surveillance (laughs) kind of thing. And you're just hyper aware of that, especially when you're a content creator, just being hyper aware of people always looking at you at any point, someone's scrolling and they're seeing your content. But it's really interesting, particularly the modeling world. And I feel like that could be its own one hour long thing, right? But more on the topic of just online presence, I would love to know what is been the most eye-opening struggle that you've encountered as a content creator in fashion, particularly as it relates to your identities, if you feel like it does? Yeah, I I thought about this the other day where I was like, obviously, it's a huge struggle with community guidelines in my type of content, right? Because it is very sexy and like, I don't make content for minors. I don't want minors looking at my content. So obviously, the guidelines get a little bit stricter on that. So that's obviously an obstacle. But I had a realization the other day that when I first started TikTok and I was cranking out one, two, three videos every single day, I really heavily relied on fast fashion because I felt this need to have new clothes in every video to crank out content as fast as I can. And I still struggle with this mindset, but I stopped buying fast fashion because don't buy fast fashion if you have the means to not. And my content slowed down. And I think that that is such an interesting thing because there's so much pressure. Like you said, TikTok, it moves fast. There's new trends every second of every day. You want to hop on every single one. And if I don't feel like I have what other people want to see, because I still struggle with that because, you know, I'm a person. If I don't have what I think other people want to see, sometimes I just don't make videos or I'm like, oh, I've used this outfit a lot, but it's my favorite outfit. So I'll just stop filming in that outfit. That is honestly still one of the biggest struggles for me because I'm not just buying a bunch of clothes from Shein, from websites I shouldn't be buying a bunch of clothes from. I think that that's honestly one of my biggest struggle for 
creating content because I can't just be buying clothes all the time and I can't do it in an ethical way because I don't have the means to do it necessarily as often in an ethical way. So it's just slowed down <laughs> and that's okay. That is absolutely okay. I yeah. am such a champion as a digital marketer of saying it is literally okay. If you post yeah. one <laughs> video a week, like video content is so, so easy to underestimate how much work it takes to make one video. <laughs> yes. Because we make it look so easy. We put out the content and I'm like, thank you so much for telling me that this doesn't look hard because that means I did my job right. However, it took me all day, two emotional breakdowns, and I had to refilm it the next day. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Do you like edit here, then you send it to one device and then you send it to another device or do you do it all on your phone? So I used to do it mostly in the TikTok app because... It was pretty good. It was good enough for that at the time, but we're starting to move past that being good enough for the times now because people are getting crazy good at content. Yeah. And I do it all on my phone, yes, to answer your question, but I film it on like my camera app in 4K, like 60 FPS, take up all the storage on my phone, and then I edit it in another app. And then after I'm done editing it, I have to delete all the videos because it takes up all my storage. I'll have to do phone, laptop, edit in an actual editor device because I have to keep up, man. It's so or just get an editor. Some people out here just have just editors. Just get an editor. Bro, if I could have an editor, that would be so nice. It makes careers. <laughs> this whole thing it makes does. careers. People started out, it was yeah. YouTube to like Hollywood pipeline, YouTube to like music industry pipeline, and now it's yeah. TikTok to reality show pipeline. It's all true it's all possible yeah. we're breaking down the barriers to some people it's it's ridiculous but in some ways creating accessibility for certain things but i wanted to go back to the fast fashion bit i respect that because the truth is this podcast the conversations that i want to have are not necessarily like oh look there's this queer person aren't they like the most amazing person and they can't do anything wrong because they're queer no, we're in the yeah. fashion industry and in this fashion industry, the way that it's set up and all of its partners like content creation machines are churning things out in a pace that we just literally physically on a human level cannot comprehend and process in our own brains. But we're creating yeah. these systems where we're meant to consume it, consuming as if there's infinite resources in the world. That's just not the case at all. Yeah, absolutely. I see it. Not even just with clothes. I see it with fridge restock videos. I see it with all these hauls. They're in every single corner of all of social media, not just TikTok itself. Social media would be nothing without consumerism. Instagram has become a shopping app. People just buy and buy and buy. And companies are just like, oh, let me send you all this stuff to get other people to buy and buy and buy. And it's a really tricky market because like everything. It has its issues and it can be extremely problematic. And it's so easy to fall into it. I mean, I've been partnered with a fast fashion company that I won't name. And will I partner with them again? No, because now I'm not all about just cranking out content as fast as I can, as much as I can. I want to promote things that I like really, really believe in. And I, I feel right about using and promoting mm -hmm. like small businesses. But then it's like, I'm not going to reach out to a small business and be like, send me free stuff so I can make a video because they're a small business. So it's just a weird back and yeah. forth. 
Yeah, you're still figuring out your value system in relation to this really hyper, super fast paced environment. It was just amazing. If you blew up to and time to tell me your follower count at this point, if you have. I I think it's like 620,000 right now. It's been pretty steady at that number for a while. I mean, it's it's still quite a large number. Your mind is constantly like trying to keep up with that alone. And then just the pace of the algorithm itself. Then you go, no, 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 no more fast fashion. I personally made that choice several years ago and it really slows down everything. It's called fast fashion. It's because we use it at a high rate, yeah. right? Because it also, the quality is lacking so much that like you can only use it so many times yeah. or it shrinks in the wash yeah. or like falls apart in the yeah. wash and then you have to keep going. Yeah. So it does feel fast. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many different changing factors. There's not just changing fast paced environment of the way the algorithm is built. But the politics as well, like TikTok might go down in the US, but also changes in you, changes in you and you changing your values. And you also hinted at this earlier about just people are getting wildly good with editing. I'm so impressed. Yeah, I'm so impressed with all of the talent I've seen on this platform. It's absolutely wild to watch it progress in the way it's going. (laughs) Right. So what do you project for TikTok or just how you're going to keep using TikTok considering all these changes? I need to learn video editing or get an editor, like you said, right? So there's one person in particular who I don't know her name, but she is very clearly trained in martial arts. She very clearly went to school for video editing and adds special effects and does transitions and these cute outfits. And she just seems like a really nice person and uses her martial arts intertwined with all of that and that's where it's going it's going to this whole multi-hyphenate like yeah doing everything yeah this cinematic experience not with everybody obviously but in the corner of tiktok i'm on because i watch a lot of transition videos because i do a lot of transition videos i see so many people who i'm like this is a work of art all tiktok's a work of art but this specifically is like watching a short film mm-hmm. or like a movie And that's where I project my corner of TikTok to be going. And it's a thing that I'm like, that's great. But oh my gosh, that means I need to pick up yet another skill, which I'm capable of learning. I have the things that I can do it. It's just a matter of, you mentioned this before, burnout, right? So it's like, at what point am I driving myself absolutely batty trying to keep up with all these amazing people. And then, I mean, it's literally impossible not to compare yourself, right? So if I'm looking up to a creator, I want to be just like them, if not better. And that's really hard on your on your mental health. I see it going in a very cinematic direction. And I've noticed people getting wildly good at makeup. I am stuck in 2016 with my makeup and I need to catch up. And I haven't bought myself a new eyeshadow palette since high school. So I went online and I bought one the other day because I'm like, I need to pick back up on makeup, which is easier for me than editing because I I also do like painting and other art. I also see people doing mediocre transitions, but incredible makeup. It doesn't necessarily matter the type of video you're doing, right? If you have some element in there that is like a wow factor, it's going to do well because it should. So I see the makeup and the cinematography. The cinematography. <laughs> just, just through the roof. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned 
on that particular quarter. I've definitely seen non-transition videos. There's developments in so many different aspects. And what you're seeing definitely is valid as well, because you're literally there, you're in that space. So I also like that you came full circle about the burnout thing, because absolutely, like, that's not even a question anymore. There's an epidemic on like, YouTube. And it's the same with TikTok. It's just not feasible to do this kind of thing unless you have the resources for it. Yeah, I am burned out every second of every day. Getting myself to film a TikTok video now in 2023, as opposed to what it was in 2020, not to mention it was lockdown, so I had all the time in the world. But getting myself to film a video now just feels like so much, even though it's sometimes it's not sometimes it is. But other times it's just a simple lip sync, no transition, nothing. I just have to put on makeup. But the act of having to put on makeup just feels so much harder now. Again, going full circle about you get yourself a new eyeshadow, but are you performing for, for something else or for yourself? No. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. It's been something that I have been thinking about for a while. I used to do makeup all the time when I was in my teens. I didn't do it well, but I thought I was, right? And that's all that mattered. It was fun. I miss that. So I will say it is mostly because I miss learning new makeup and I like watching makeup progress the way it has. And I want to participate because I, I love the look of it. Yeah, it's its own kind of art. Last thing that I wanted to mention, because you mentioned feeling like you have to keep up in one way or another. And as we've talked about, you're also a model, but we also didn't mention that you're also on Twitch. You're branching out a little bit. So how do you see that playing out as well? Because we talked specifically about how you see it playing out on TikTok and you're like, well, I could do this, this and this and that. But just you in general, you, how are you yeah. going to continue being Abby on different platforms? I feel like I have different personalities on different platforms, like a little bit of myself on TikTok and then a little bit of myself. TikTok specifically is very just like sexy, confident, dance background, musical theater background, just in general, it's very clear over there. And then Twitch is very much my goofy side, my hanging out with friends side, right? And then modeling, what would modeling be classified? I guess just my acting side, the confidence, the sexy and acting and telling a story that way. I feel like I'm spreading myself as thin as I possibly can, but I like all of them and I want to do all of them. So I do. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Jack of all trades, but master of none. You could be a jack of all trades and master of some. Like you can be a master of some things. I am a Capricorn, so there's no way I'm going to do something I'm not good at, right? So it's very much like if I'm going to do it, it's full send or I'm not doing it at all. So I think that that's where the burnout comes in because I just won't start a project if I don't think I can which is honestly such a toxic mindset, right? I should just try it. But my Capricorn brain is like, no, if you don't think you're going to give it 100% of you and all of your being, then don't start it. Bad advice. Nobody take that advice. But <laughs> I, that's what I do. I love it. Well, honestly, I wish you the best of luck. Obviously, I don't wish any burnout, but this is exciting to explore these different platforms. But of course, that's the pitfall and the warning, but you know it very well because you've been around for a while and you hear the stories all the time. I know it as well. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I want to ask one last thing. Who's your favorite other queer content creator or person out there doing amazing stuff? Shout them out. Oh my gosh. I'll take this opportunity to shout out a personal great friend of mine who I've mentioned to you before because I talk them up so much. Their name is Ange Chats. A-N-G-E. C-H-A-T-S. They're going to hate that I shouted them out, but they're great. 
a non-binary YouTube creator, mainly, who does interviews of actors from TV shows that focus a lot on diversity in all aspects. So they have very fun conversations, but also very serious and tough conversations as well when it comes to representation in media. So please go give them a follow because they're genuinely so great and just want to change the world in the best way that they can. It's a new thing that I'm doing. I would love to just spread the love and the people I bring on to shout out other people. I love that. Queer folks are all, all over. So thank you so much. Where can people find you before we sign off? On literally any social platform you can think of. It's always just a blue, J-U-S-T-A-B-L-U. Literally on every platform, it's the same name because branding. Great. And that's fantastic. <laughs> I will tell you that's, you, that's 10 out of 10. As a <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We'll wrap it up here. Sweet. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Transition of Style is brought to you by FC Podcasts, a division of Fashion Consort. Learn more about how FC Podcasts can help you with podcasting from strategy and creation to production and marketing at fcpodcasts.com. That's fcpodcasts.com. Thank you, FC Podcasts, for making Transition of Style possible. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Transition of Style. In this episode, you heard about Abby Luke's unique journey with expressing her style on TikTok, which coincided with her own coming out journey in a unique way. Eventually, she ended up getting over half a million followers by just having fun. But we can't ignore the obvious here. TikTok is a rapidly changing environment, and Abby has found herself in quite a predicament because of it. By slowing down her buying habits, she slowed down her output on TikTok. Anyone who knows anything about the TikTok algorithm knows that anything less than hyper-frequent posting will significantly reduce your views and discoverability. But what Abby has done reflects a growing trend with creators across the board, YouTubers, Instagrammers, and TikTokers alike, exercising adaptability by diversifying platforms. What Abby Luke has done by remaining on TikTok, but also continuing her presence on Instagram and now by starting a Twitch channel, has been to diversify her platform. So what can we learn about Abby Luke's digital presence? One. You can't ever be too reliant on one platform for all your marketing needs. Any single algorithm change could mean the difference between you becoming an overnight sensation and you barely getting any traction for your videos you spent hours upon hours producing. Two, we heard Abby mentioning how other creators are not just editing, but they're also learning martial arts and adding wild animations. So pinpoint what other people in your niche are doing and see if it's worth you learning a new skill as well. Just remember not to lose sight of what your audience loves about you. Sometimes videos with the lowest production value have the most engagement. Keep this in mind. Abby signed off with saying you can find her on literally any social platform you can think of. It's always just a blue, J-U-S-T-A-B-L-U. Literally on every platform, it's the same name because branding. Because branding is absolutely correct. No matter what platform you decide to expand to, make sure to claim your branded handle even if you never end up posting on that platform. That way, you can be consistent with your online presence. That's it for today's episode of Transition of Style. If you like the podcast so far, be sure to rate it in your preferred podcast app. 
You can always stay up to date with the podcast by checking us out at transitionofstyle.com or at transitionofstyle on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.